to Rising Above with Becky Davidson. I mean, being so fearful then and so unsure and um, afraid, but man, did God have a plan. Welcome to Rising Above with Becky Davidson, where we hear from special needs families who rise above difficult circumstances and discover that joy can be found in every story. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Becky Davidson. Hey friends, it is By the Brook Week, and we are so excited to get to be with you this weekend for a time of fun and encouragement. Now moms, if you have not signed up yet, No worries, because there's still time. You can just go to the Rising Above Ministries website and you'll find all the information that you need. We don't want you to miss out. So be sure to go check that out. Sign up and join us this weekend as we look at ways that we can flourish as moms raising kids with disabilities. Now, we want to take a minute to thank Key Ministry for being an event sponsor for this year's By the Brook. Key Ministry was founded to help churches welcome families of children with hidden disabilities. Since 2002, they've provided knowledge, innovation, and experience to the worldwide church as it ministers to and with individuals and families of kids with hidden developmental and physical disabilities. In addition to being a disability inclusion ministry resource, Key Ministry is uniquely called and positioned to serve churches seeking to become more intentional and effective in ministry with children, teens, and adults impacted by mental illness and trauma. And you can learn more about Key Ministry at their website, keyministry.org. I'm joined today on the show by my dear friend, Kim Wise. Kim and her husband, Mike, have been married for 34 years and they have three boys. Trey is their oldest and he has Down syndrome. And Kim has founded several different organizations that impact the lives of people living with disabilities. She's founded Structured Athletics for Challenged Children and God's Angel Choir. Kim's main goal for Trey has always been for him to have opportunities to be active in the community and to love God and life. Kim has been such an inspiration to me and so many other families over the years, and I'm so thankful to have her as a guest on today's show. Hey, Kim, I am so glad to actually get to see you. You are our first guest here in our new studio here at the Rising Above office, and this is so fun because we are actually sitting right across from each other, and so I love this. So thanks for being here on the show today. Yay, I'm glad I'm the first one. So I'm a guinea pig. You are the guinea pig, mm-hmm. but you know what's so cool is I was thinking back, goodness, I've known you, I'm trying to think how many years, but for many, many, many years, you are one of the first people that we ever met um, as we started discovering that our son was going to live a life with disabilities. And you have been such an important part of our journey and not only our family, but so many other families. And so this is just so fun for other people to get to meet you and know more about you and all the amazing things you've done about your son and your family. And so I am excited for other people to get to know about you um, and just all the things that you've created and started as you've been on this journey yourself. So I'm glad that you're here. Thank you. Um, You know, I was thinking back and I remember exactly how I found out about you and how Jeff, how our family found out about you. And I remember John Alex was probably, I mean, he was too young to even be part of the program you were running. So he probably was six, maybe five or six. And Jeff got the paper 
and he was read he read this article in the paper about this program called SAC, Structured Athletics for Challenged Children. And he was blown away by what you were doing. And I remember him reaching out to you. And I think you just grabbed him real quick. I think he went on your board immediately and became and became <laughs> a coach for your for baseball and before John Alex could even start. And so you have really been part and we're going to unpack SAC and all the things you've done in this conversation. But I know for us as young parents early on, um, the things that you provided for us and so many other families was, was so impactful. Um, and so I'm just so grateful for you. And it all, all these things that you've done that we're going to talk about all came out of the life of your sweet son, Trey. And you've got three boys, Trey being your oldest. And so tell us a little bit about your family, about Trey and um, just what a joy he is. Trey is a joy. Trey is 33 years old. He will be 34 in October. And um, we have two other boys. Connor is 31 and Spencer is 28. So with Trey being the oldest, it was still like Connor, Mm. the middle son, was the oldest. Yeah, yeah. So he was the big brother. Um, You know, we found out that Trey had Downs before he was born. Okay, I wasn't sure about yeah. that. So, yeah. which is not always the norm. Right, right. And um, we found out at 32 weeks that something was wrong. Mm. And um, they said, you know, bed rest, so forth. And they did an amnio. And when the amnio results came back, um, they, of course, brought us into the mm. doctor's office and... They didn't say anything at that point, but all the literature was on the table. Oh, wow. So we walked wow. in and we just saw all the Down syndrome information before anybody said anything oh, to us. Oh, my goodness. And Mike or myself knew nothing about it. So we were, we were shocked. But in saying that, I think God was already preparing us for mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. because when we both got the call, I knew he had Downs. Mm. Yeah, and it's so strange, but I do think God had was was preparing mm-hmm. us for down the road. Yeah. yeah, and Mike was at a FCA luncheon. I'll never forget it. Called him and said, "Hey, we just got a call. We need to get to the doctor's office right away." And he knew immediately too. Mm. Wow, but knew nothing about Down syndrome. N- didn't know one person with mm-hmm. it. But um. Like I said, we got to the doctor's office. Everything was on the table. And when the doctor came in and started talking to us, we heard nothing, absolutely yeah. nothing, because we were in shock. Mm-hmm. We, were, um, we were just turned off to everything at that point. And so, um, you know, we drove the 45 minutes back home crying, mm. just, yeah. you know, not talking just thinking each to ourselves, mm-hmm. what are we going to do? Yeah, and this is your first child, first so child. You, you know you you don't have anything to compare to exactly. You, no other experience to to compare this to, and uh, can only imagine. And so we both said, you know, we've got to call our parents. And I remember saying, I can't even say the words. Can you call mine? Mm. And um, he did, and our parents were there within an hour. Mm-hmm. And that changed everything. When our parents came to our house, um, I can remember like it was yesterday, my dad walked through the door 
I was sitting on our couch and he came over there and said, almost makes me want to cry now. He said, oh, Kim, he said, there's a, a young man that comes to all the baseball games with Downs. He loves life. Mm-hmm. And he said, he's going to be fine. Yeah. You know, our little buddy's going to be mm. fine. And that is how our entire family yeah. saw Trey mm. from before he was even yeah. born. Yeah. That he was going to be fine. Mm. And I know a lot of other families don't get that yeah. family acceptance. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that changed everything. Yeah. The cha- the way we mm-hmm. look at everything. Mm-hmm. Then um, Trey was born and he was very, very sick. I did not know that. It was okay. like we opened the book to Down Syndrome and t- said, we'll take all of it. Wow. We'll take this and this and this and this. So he was in um, the NICU unit for right at three months before mm. he ever came home. Wow. Not knowing if he ever would come home. You know, there'd be days I would call Mike and say, you, you've you got to come in. He's not going to make it today. Wow. And we would sit there and we would pray and pray and through God's grace, he'd pull through whatever mm. that, that day yeah. had, you know, what was going on. And um, I would sit there and just hold him. I couldn't move because he was hooked up to everything, yeah. but I would just hold him and just pray. Mm. And then we got, you know, he had the heart defect. Yeah. And he had a um, bowel obstruction and he had... Um, you know, his lungs were not fully, fully developed. So it was just one thing after another. Right, right. But we prayed and we prayed. And when he got to come home, it was the biggest day. Mm. Um, I bet your family just celebrated oh, and you had, I mean, I'm sure. And knowing your family like I do, yes. I am sure. It was everybody at our house, yeah. huge celebration. Um, you know, but Trey came home with a Broviac, with an IV and oxygen, which was still all new to me. I was right. a first-time parent. Didn't know what to expect, but we learned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we learned what we had to do. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a choice. Yeah. We learned. Did we question? Of course we questioned. Mm-hmm. You know, what did we do? Why Why right. us? Mm-hmm. Um. I think that's normal. Yeah, it's part of it's, the process. It is part of the process. Yeah. And, you know, it's you have to go through that, I think, mm-hmm. to get to the other side. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we we looked at each other and, and we cling to each other. Mm. And on my down days, Mike was up. Mm. And on his down days, I was yeah. up. Yeah. So we finally got to a place where we decided we had to find joy every day. Mm. Yeah. Somehow, some way, we had to find joy. And how did you do that? You know, it's easy to say, okay, I'm going Absolutely. to find joy today. Absolutely. Like have that as my, written on the refrigerator, I'm going to find joy today. But how did you practically do that? Absolutely. Trey had to have his bottles in cc's. I mean, that's how little mm-hmm. he was taking. Right. But if he finished that two cc's, we celebrated. Mm. If he stayed up for 30 minutes and smiled. We celebrated. Yeah. It was the tiny things mm. that, that you just would overlook if you had a typically developing child yeah. that we celebrated. Mm. We tried not to miss any of that. And that brought us joy. Mm. You know, when I would go to the doctor's office with Trey, and this might sound silly, but I would drive down there 
and say he didn't cry half as long as he normally did. <laughs> it's like party. Yeah. I would celebrate. Yeah. And do you still do that today? Oh, goodness. Yes. Yeah. We celebrate joy every day. Well, it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to not with Trey because Trey is just joy. I mean, that's- He is if you joy. See joy. If you see Trey, it is joy. It is joy. And, you know, some days it's hard to find it, mm-hmm. but before you go to bed, we try to find joy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we really do. Well, you had two other sons. Absolutely. Um, that are that have been such a part of his story and his journey. And I think for me, seeing your boys, the bond that they had, you know, I, we've kind of grown up. Our kids have kind of grown up together, right. done, you know, seen each other at, at disability events right. and things like that over the years. And your two younger sons, who, like you said, often feel like the older, older brothers, right. just their love for their brother and the friendship that they have, it's just has been beautiful to witness over all these years. And so, you know, tell us about your other two boys and how they have just really come alongside and loved their brother so beautifully well over his lifetime. You know what? Um, they do. There is nobody like their brother. Um, Connor, like I said, he's the middle son and... Um, he has been the big brother to Trey. Um, we decided when Trey was little, let me just say this, to discipline Trey. Mm-hmm. Trey has always been made to mind. And, you know, that was a choice of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, Trey would take timeouts. Trey would get his bottom smacked, just like my other two. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they always saw us treat Trey like we treated them. Mm-hmm. There was there was no difference as far as what we expected. Right. Trey is a yes ma'am, no ma'am. Mm-hmm. He is very well behaved and we don't expect anything less mm-hmm. from him. Yeah. Just because he has Down syndrome, that was not a crutch for right. us right. to give him. Mm-hmm. There are some things he can't do, but um, Connor expected Trey to act a certain mm-hmm. way. You know, when Connor's buddies came over, he expected him to act a certain way around them, to be a part, Mm -hmm. though. So when he'd go up to the bonus room to play pool with them, they let him go up there and Mm -hmm. play, even though he didn't know how. Right. They accepted him. They accepted him as is. And one of our family mottos was, if if Trey didn't fit in somewhere, nobody fit in. Mm -hmm. Um, Because... Trey was was a a he was our rock. Trey was our rock of our family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Spencer was younger, but Spencer's buddies would come over, and maybe they didn't know how to act around Trey. Mm-hmm. But believe me, it didn't take them long to to figure out. Hey, yeah. he's just like everybody else. Yeah. And sooner or later, they were including Trey um, in whatever they were doing. But um, a, a, just a quick story. Connor, in like fifth grade, he was running the mile, and he came home, and he told me that, and he ran, and it was like he could have walked it. I mean, it took him forever, Mm. and I said, I want to talk to you about that. Did you give it your all? Mm -hmm. Did you give everything you had to do that? And he said, no. I said, did you give 100%? And he said, no. And I said, Connor, that is unacceptable in this house 
because Trey has to give 100% mm-hmm. at everything he tries. Yeah. And sometimes he still doesn't succeed. Mm-hmm. And I said, you have to give 100%. You might not always succeed, but you still have to try to give 100%. Mm-hmm. And that's all I said. The next day he came in and he said, Mom, I asked if I could run that mile again. He said, and he said, yes. And he said, I did it in whatever time it was. But I think it was a life lesson Mm -hmm. that Connor will never, ever forget as long as he lives. Yeah. Because he knows Trey had to fight for everything. Everything. Yeah. And he could have done better, but he chose not Mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. And um, they have a bond that Connor disciplines Trey. You know, when he's doing something, he knows he shouldn't. Spencer does the same. Trey does this little thing that he grunts when he gets really upset. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never seen that one. Uh-huh. And it's usually with just me. Yeah. But sometimes it'll be with his brothers and it's unacceptable. Yeah. And, you know, they'll say, Trey, that's enough. And then he'll give you half a grunt. <laughs> um, so that's his way of telling you he's really, really upset. But um, but they do love him. And we held Trey back so he would graduate with Connor. Mm. And at first I thought, oh, I've made such a mistake because I looked down there and Connor's fixing his Trey's hat or and or his cap. And, you know, I just thought, oh, shoot, this is Connor's time to shine, not Trey's, but Connor's. I should have just not done this. But when Connor walked across the stage, he stopped and he waited for his brother. Oh, my goodness. To walk across the stage next. And then he took his hand and he walked back with him to his seat And I said something to Connor afterwards. I said, I hope I didn't make a mistake in not giving you all the the light. Mm -hmm. And he said, Mother, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Mm. I wanted Trey to be there. So it's always been like that. I mean, Trey's gone to all their baseball games, watched them play, you know, high school, college ball, and he loves his brothers. And they love him unconditionally too. Well, Trey is what, you said 33 now? He's 33. And so what's he up to these days? I know he's a busy guy. Uh, What what does his day-to-day look like now? It's a little different now because we have um, built a house in East Tennessee. And so um, things have changed just a little bit. Um, We like going to Dollywood. Okay, you're uh, closer now, so that's good. Trey loves roller coasters, which as me and daddy get older, we don't, but Mm -hmm. we ride. Mm. You're brave. the faster, the better for Trey. So we we go to Dollywood, you know, the aquarium, um, the zoo. We try to keep him active as far as mm-hmm. walking, that type of thing. Um, because we were involved in all the sack events here, and we'll get into that, I'm sure. But all the sack events, but we're not here for that right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So I'm trying to keep him active up there. We live right across the driveway from his mama and papa, so he can walk there and you know, spend time with them whenever he wants to. Well, you were sharing with me, you showed me pictures just before we even start, started uh, recording about his apartment yeah. that he has above your garage. And so I thought that was, what a great idea. So share a little bit about that and his the cool setup that he has. Um, so he can have some independence, even though he's right there yes. with you. So we built... Um, a garage and we put an apartment upstairs just so when our boys come in, they have a place, you know, that's a little privacy for them. But then I thought, you know what? This is going to be an independent area for Trey. Mm-hmm. So we've made one of the bedrooms into a little office for him that has his videos and 
this game called a CDI that he absolutely loves. It was from a long time ago, but he loves it. And his coloring books and markers and all that stuff. And he can stay up there and just play and watch his movies and sing to his tapes. And I have a camera that we communicate back and forth. Mm. And he has his waters or snacks. And when I don't see him, I'll say, Trey, where are you? And he'll <laughs> yell, get in the water. But it's just some independence mm-hmm. for him. And yeah. it's working out both great for the both of us. Yeah. Gives him some freedom. Yeah. But he's right there and you can see him. And Yeah, have a so, camera and I can see exactly what he's doing. I love that. And, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, Trey and, and his life. And, you know, he, he and my late husband, Jeff, we're good uh, pals. I can I can were. see them right now. I can just, you know, he would the, the little games and things they would do together. And Jeff played right along. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, you know, I think so often people see our kids and they, you know, they only see the physical. They only see what the things that they can't do. But what is it about Trey that you love so much that maybe people just don't see when they just take a first glance at him? Oh, wow. Um you know, Trey is a very emotional young man. I mean, he doesn't want anybody to be upset. Mm. He doesn't want you to be upset with anybody. I mean, even our dogs. If I happen to yell at a dog, oh, it gets him so upset because he wants everybody to be happy. And um, he loves life. He loves to sing. One of the things that Trey loves is Mike's dad... um, used to always sing these old songs to him. And Trey wants us to make CDs of those old songs all the time. And he sings those songs. Mm. And which is, warms our heart because we don't ever want him to forget his Papa Wise. Mm -hmm. And um, Trey loves birthdays. Trey forgets nobody's birthday. Or his own. He's had Uh, some killer birthday parties that we have been invited to over the years. I mean, these are epic. Loves birthdays. So we do a throw down for his birthday party. Mm. But um, he'll get up one morning and I won't even know what day it is. And he'll come in and say, happy birthday, Charla, which is my niece in East Tennessee. And I'll be like, what's today? It is her birthday. And he He just knows. He just knows. Mm. You know, um, but Trey just loves life. Mm -hmm. I mean, he really does love life. And like, he'll go to my mom and dad's church and visit and They'll say, Trey, do you want to sing today? Yes. And he'll get right up there and take that microphone Mm. and never know what he's going to sing. And a couple of Sundays ago, it was, Oh, How I Love Jesus. Just, I didn't even know he knew that song, but he is just Mm. full of life and he's just a special young man. Yeah. Well, you know, when you think back to that day at, at the doctor's office, and you're sitting there and you're hearing the word Down syndrome and you're seeing all these pamphlets and you really don't know what to expect. Could you even begin to imagine what joy Trey has brought to your mm. life over these years? Wow. Not in a million years. Yeah. I mean, being so fearful then and so unsure mm-hmm. and um, afraid. Yeah. But man, did God have a plan. Mm, yeah. I mean, to start what we started, the programs, mm-hmm. which I would have never, ever done mm-hmm. because I would have never had any intention right. or reason to do it. But 
he had a plan mm. when he gave us Trey. And little did I know I would be a big part of that mm-hmm. plan. Yeah. And that plan would be to help a lot of other kids. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about that because it's, you know, that's how we first met you all those years ago mm-hmm. was through the SAC program that you started. But you didn't start that actually here in Cookville. That started right. in North Carolina. So tell about Structured mm-hmm. Athletics, your heart behind that, how it got started, and then, you know, the transfer, bringing it here to Cookville. Okay. Um, when Connor got of age to play like the YMCA soccer, you know, we went and I thought, wait a minute. Trey is not always going to have to sit here and watch other mm. kids play. I want him to be a participant, mm-hmm. not a spectator. Yeah. And um, that's how it started. And I told Mike, I said, I want Trey to be a participant. I'm starting a program. And I prayed about it and thought, what? I didn't know that many people in this town. Mm. I hadn't been there that long. Mm-hmm. But there was a plan mm. and everything unfolded. And we started Structured Athletics for Challenged Children in 1996 in Mooresville, North Carolina. And it took off. And from there, it had grown. And um, we started other programs. You know, we started with baseball and then we grew to other sports. And um, we left there in 99 and came here to Cookville. And the first thing we said is, what's available Mm -hmm. for Trey? You know, what's available for children with special needs? And there was nothing. Mm -hmm. And so we brought the program here, and um, it took off. We had about 120 kids that could participate in whatever they wanted to. Mm -hmm. They picked and chose um, if they won baseball or basketball or soccer or whatever was offered at that time. So, um, yeah, it was just a, a... void mm-hmm. that I saw that yeah. needed to be filled. Yeah. And so we we did that. Yeah. And and that's was so helpful for us in those early years. I know John Alex, we did baseball and basketball right. and bowling. And because we felt so isolated, you know, this was before rising above. Right. Before we had started rising above. And so, you know, we're looking around going is there anybody else like us? Right, you know, exactly. and then we saw the article in the paper. Was like, okay, you know, we can find out more about this. And when we would go to the events on those Sunday afternoons, you were like, we are not alone. There are other families like us out here, and just that those friendships, lifelong friendships, people that you know, I'm still friends right. with now um, that I met in those early years when we were playing sports, it was just life-changing and life-giving. And so, you know, I know you've seen that over and over again with the uh, friends with special needs who have played over the years. What's what's one of the favorite stories? Do you have a favorite story? Oh, I do have a favorite story. Is um, this, this one young man that was in bowling and he's played with us since I started the program and he was... He did a lot of stuff. He was a runner. He was um, he would act out. And I remember at bowling. He came and grabbed my hair mm. and pulled my hair and and he would you know lash out at his mom and and I kept saying you know we we can't act like that here you know we just mm-hmm. can't act like that mm-hmm. when we're at a sack event um, you know or you'll have to go home early you know we just don't act like that here we can't have the other people to see us the other participants. 
Um, that's not what we're going to do. And anyway, as the years went on, this young man transformed into the most well-behaved, mm. the most kind-hearted. I mean, I can just picture him when I'm talking about him. He would go bowl, sit sit back down, wait his turn, mm-hmm. go back and bowl. Sit. You know, I mean, he just followed into the rules mm-hmm. to the... I mean, he was just overseeing everybody else how they did it. Yeah. Week yeah. after week. And, you know, when we gave out our trophies and stuff, man, I would just tell his parents how proud because he had done so well. And, um, you know, the SAC program ran on a buddy system. So we had people in the community that would come out and mm-hmm. be buddies. Yeah. So when our kids are out in the community or at school, these kids know them. And right. it's like, hey, you know, high-fiving them uh-huh. or whatever because they've seen them. Yeah. Um, you know, they've actually held hands with them and ran to first base mm-hmm. with them or whatever, which is huge. Is um, You know, the baseball team is is a big buddy program. Yeah. Um, you know, and they 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 get more out of it sometimes totally, than our kids totally. do. Yeah. And and that says a lot. Mm-hmm. It really does say a lot. Such a huge community event. And you know, I know for, like when John Alex was in school, exactly what you're saying. The the baseball team who were came and were his buddies when he played knew him at school. Right. And so that, you know, that camaraderie that they had there played out outside of just those Sunday right. ball games. Exactly. And you know, so structured athletics is still you. You've passed the baton on to someone else after twenty five years to run and lead it now, but it's still going strong. It is. And um, but something else that you started here was a choir. Yes. So tell us about God's Angel Choir and your heart behind that. You know, we know that Trey was a, is a singer and he loves to sing. Loves so to I'm sing. sure that was part of it, it as was. well. Um, there was a choir when Trey was little that came to sing at a church that we went to, and it was called the Celebration Choir. It was an all-special-needs choir, and I always had that in the back of my mind, always. One day, maybe one day, mm. and the time, I guess, was just never right. God never laid it on my heart that the time was right, and I went to um, the school that Trey was going to called Hope Academy, and they were doing a talent show, and one of the girls got up and sang... Um, a song, and I was sitting there boohooing. I mean, couldn't stop the tears. And I left there, and I said, "Okay, God, I got I'm doing it. it. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah, it's time. Yeah." And I called Mike on the phone, and I said, "Starting a choir." And he was like, like "What?" <laughs> I said, "I'm starting." He, he should be used to this by now. Yeah. That you know, you're going to come yeah, up with these ideas, and you I'm going to do it. Hey, Mike. By the way, yeah. <laughs> so I said, "I'm starting a choir," and um. He was like, when? I said, now. I'm starting a choir now. (laughs) So we did, and we called it God's Angel Choir. Mm -hmm. And I would go to the practices, and I would just close my eyes and listen to them sometime. Just tears run down my face because, you know, it wasn't the the best singing in the world, but, man, it was from the heart. Mm. And every song they sang meant the world to them and to me. yeah. I mean, I could just sit and listen to them sing forever. Um, and you all would go to perform like at nursing homes, right? right. And, and different churches. churches. And, yes. You know, I remember um, when Jeff passed away. Yeah. And we were planning his funeral and I came to you and I was like, you know, I, I didn't know if it would be too much for them to do because they loved Jeff. They oh, all, absolutely. You know, they loved Jeff, but I knew that it would be special. Um, 
and just so heartfelt for them to be there. And and you, you all agreed and came right. and sang at Jeff's funeral. And we were honored to sing at Jeff's funeral. I mean, we were. It was hard, but we were honored to do that. We were. And the choir. I mean, I remember. You know, just different. I think you all sang at one of our fundraisers one yeah. year. I mean, we've done some community events. Yeah. Um, so I mean, they are. They're still active. They're still going. I have passed that on now yeah. to someone else. Um, you are a great um, birther. You birth these things. You get them going, and then you pass them on, yes. which is, you know, that's a great thing. And um, I know you're, you're enjoying life now, kind of getting to do some fun things and, and getting to hang out with Trey. I know you travel. and Yeah. Um, it's kind of retirement time for us. Yeah. It is. Um, you know, when we come back in town, I'll call and just be like, hey, what's what what sport are y'all doing? Can mm-hmm. we come? Can we come play? Yeah. yeah. So we come back and just, you know, want to see yeah. everybody because Trey loves to see everybody. Yeah. So he's just, like I said, he's just joy. When you, when yeah, you see Trey, it, it, is, it, is joy. it is joy. And, you know, I think, again, so often people um, outside the disability space, they see our families. They a lot of times have pity or, uh, you know, uh, or I could never do that. You know, I could never do what you do. But or or they just don't see the worth and value of our mm-hmm. friends living mm-hmm. with disabilities. Mm-hmm. So I know you have worked so hard, you know, since Trey's birth to help change that narrative. You know, what are ways that we can start changing that narrative that the the way that people view our friends with special needs. And I would say, especially as they turn into adults, I think so often, you know, when our kids are little Mm -hmm. and they're super Mm -hmm. cute and Mm -hmm. everybody's like, oh, they're so cute. But, you know, our kids get older. And sometimes I think they look at our, especially our our children who are now adults and maybe don't see their worth and value. So what are ways that, that we as parents, that we can change the narrative of the way the world sees and views our kids? Wow. Um, You know, that's... That's a hard one. I mean, I think just getting our kids out into the community as much as possible um, is huge. I think um, we have an exceptional bean mm-hmm. here that's a coffee shop that just opened. Yeah. Our kids working at places like that, massive. I mean, I, I read the Facebook messages that people right after they've gone in there mm-hmm. and see how it operates. Yeah. See our kids working in a job like that. Right. I think they they really thought they couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But then when they go in and they're serving them and they're working a job, they leave there going, wow, mm-hmm. you know, they can do this. Yeah. Um I I see a lot more of children with or adults with um disabilities having jobs, mm-hmm. different types of yeah. jobs, different levels. Um, I think it's huge to make those available. You know, I've thought a thousand times, what could I start job-wise? And I thought, <laughs> my brain needs to rest. You Mike's, know? Mike's <laughs> dreading that phone call, you know. My like- brain needs to rest. But, but, you know, I think just getting them out in the community as much as possible is Huge, mm-hmm. absolutely huge, and I don't mean just taking them to Walmart and walking them around. I mean getting them out in the community, mm-hmm. taking them to events that are going out, you know, mm-hmm. in the community, be it a movie at Dogwood Park mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, it, you don't have to really rack your brain on it. Mm-hmm. 
but just getting them involved where people see them out in the community and, and interact with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think it's, if they if they interact with them, they're they see that they're more like you than not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just that interaction. Yeah. It's just like your your son's friends when you know maybe when when they first saw Trey, they weren't quite sure right. what to do, but once they got to know him, absolutely, then they they learned okay, he is pretty cool, right. and here's how we can interact with him, and so. You know, I think, and then we as parents, we set the tone. We set the tone for how Absolutely, people are going to respond do. to our kids. You Absolutely, know? we do. And, um, you know, I, just when, when people hear us affirming our kids and, and talking about them in positive ways, it just is that ripple effect. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. It well, is. You, you know, if you could go back to that young Kim, back when she's at that doctor's appointment, what would you say to her? What would you mm-hmm. say to that young mom who has maybe just gotten a diagnosis, just, you know, or maybe is in those first few years of of life living in this this disability journey? What would you say to that mama? I would say um, search for help. Get your hands on, you know, information, mm-hmm. the right information, positive information. Um, get involved with groups. Mm-hmm like Rising Above, like SACC, mm-hmm. that are, are going to uh, embrace you, that are going to um, lift you up, mm-hmm. especially when you're down. Yeah, You need people that are going to lift you up mm-hmm. because they are those down days yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not you being a bad mom no. or a bad dad. Those are just, that's just normal yeah. being a parent, whether you have a typically developing child or, or a child with a special need. There's, there's down days no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but just finding friends and, and community that's going to lift you up. Um, I would say, you know, stay close to God. Mm-hmm. That's huge. I mean, because there's many days I think that I wouldn't have got through it, but because I was close to God, I found joy. Mm-hmm. And because I was searching for joy, sometimes I think if I was not looking for it, yeah. Would have never found it that day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I made it a point to always find joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was yeah. huge in, in you know, in our life with Trey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's to always find joy. Yeah. Well, you've kind of answered the last question that I always ask our podcast guest, but we always ask our podcast guest, what are ways you rise above your circumstances and find joy in your story? And you've talked all throughout this podcast about finding joy in your story. But what are some other ways you've you've risen above the circumstances that you faced even in outside of the disability space to find joy in your journey, in your story? Yeah. Um I think we've always, always been in church. Mm-hmm. We've always made sure that Trey has felt welcome. Mm. Um, when Trey's happy, I find joy. Mm. <laughs> yes, I get that. You yeah. know, if if Trey's not happy with the situation, I want to step back and look at it again. Mm-hmm. Make sure I'm making the right decision. I find joy when our family was all together and we were all happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I find joy when our extended family surrounded us with love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know that's 
that's how I found joy. Mm-hmm. Our extended family, the support they gave us, you know, when we needed them, that brought right. joy. That that very initial moment, the day of diagnosis, yeah. to have your family mm. from that moment um, to be there and be supportive. And so, you know, for anyone who may be listening who is uh, not a, a special needs parent or grandparent, uh, to to know, you know that that initial response when you got that diagnosis, how that impacted your story from that point on. It was huge. And um, it's just so important when we look at how we encourage other people and uh, that we are just, we walk with people, we sit with people in their pain. And so I just love that. And that that started that bond from the get-go. And what a great, great message um, for all of us to tell of how we can respond to other people mm-hmm. when they get troubling news. So Kim, thank you so much for coming here to be part of this episode. I cannot wait for people to get to meet you and know more about you and your family and your amazing son, Trey. And so thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rising Above with Becky Davidson, created and produced by Rising Above Ministries. To learn more about us and our resources for special needs families, visit risingaboveministries.org or download our free app. If you've enjoyed listening and want to hear more, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can always share it to encourage a friend. And remember, joy can be found in every story.